Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Happy Monday, unless you're listening in replay, then uh, happy day. Happy day, whatever day it might be. <laughs> Hernan Cias here, host of the Business Bros Podcast, along with my co-host. The insurance bro, James Cias, with Pipeline Insurance. And as always, another exciting guest. This time, we've got somebody who's going to help you reach your lifetime financial goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice plug. Right there. I like right that. There. All right. <laughs> Representing <laughs> Lifetime Financial Advisors, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us, Joe Stenovic. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the program. Hey, hey. Joe, before we get to know your story, I got one promotional plug. So hopefully you guys came out, and we had a great time on Saturday at the beach cleanup, and uh, hopefully there was a good event over there. Thank at you Christian's all for joining big, us. A big heart run on Sunday. Hey, but the promo we got today, we just got our shoe drive. We are. Uh, it says 196, but I didn't update it. We're officially at 200 pairs of shoes, and our goal is to get to 365 pairs. So if you have new shoes, used shoes, or you want to donate cash, hit James up, 619 Four five or James at csfirst.com. He'll hop on his Harley right over there and pick up those bad boys. Biggest uh, donation we had on the Harley so far is 37 pairs of shoes. So on the Harley. Let's see if nice. you guys can top that. 37 pairs of shoes on the Harley. Whoop, whoop. Make him carry bags on his back or something. I don't know. I love it. I love so, it. It's so uh, much fun. Yeah, exactly. So you guys got shoes. Donate. Let us know. We'd love to get those from you guys. And if you have any uh, charitable donations, charitable causes that you would like us to promote and represent for you, we would be more than happy to do so. Please reach out to either one of us, James at CSFirst.com, Hernan at CSFirst.com. We will be more than happy to get that information, promote it daily on the show for you. Boom. Bada bing. Ready, Joe? Ready. Here right, goes. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. What got you into the financial uh, world? Sure. So, first, I'm from San Diego, which born and raised here, which I think is pretty rare these days to see somebody that's living here their whole life. You're basically so, a unicorn, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, born and raised here, uh, live up in Rancho Pinasquitos area. I have two boys, five. Jack will be five in a couple weeks, and James is. A uh, year and a half. Good name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got into financial services right out of college. So where'd you get graduated, your degree in? Uh, finance. Finance. Okay. So it was more corporate finance, but I knew that when I graduated, I did. I I'm not a Excel spreadsheet guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and corporate finance is a lot of spreadsheets and analysis. And granted, I do a lot of analysis, but I don't. My head's not buried in a spreadsheet all day. So I did that in college. Right. (laughs) And so um, I started working for a broker dealer. So there's a bunch of different types of structures in the financial services industry. One of those is a broker dealer. So they're actually located here in San Diego, LPL Financial. Mm -hmm. They're up in the UTC area. So 
I started in 07, October of 2007. Oh, perfect So interesting time to start in the financial (laughs) services industry. And I was working in the call center, which basically means I was fielding calls from advisors, from from financial advisors, and answering questions and troubleshooting any sort of issues. So it could have been anything from why didn't this... IRA distribution go out to why is this new account not in good order? It was, it was anything and everything. And we were taking like, you know, 80 to a hundred calls a day. Ooh. So it was a lot of inbound phone calls. And then the financial crisis hit, which was a very interesting time to be on the front line working with financial advisors. Mm-hmm. It went from, Panic you know, I mean, it, yeah. And it happened really quickly and really quickly. A lot of advisors were, you know, marching towards their financial goals with their clients. And then all of a sudden they had to tell their clients what, whatever it was that you got to change direction. Yeah. It changed directions for you. And and, yeah. And, and, you know, I learned a lot working with advisors during that time. Um, Number one is you have to always set expectations and reset expectations and reset expectations again because what do you what do you mean by that like i guess talking about like every time i meet quarterly or annually or whatever review time mm-hmm. i i sit with the client is that the time that i'm setting new expectations it's through education it's through you know through the meeting process mm-hmm. when we meet with clients we do it and it's through just general information that we send out to our clients you know, and so resetting the expectations and also what, what do they expect from us? You know, what do you expect from the market is one thing, but what should you expect from us and our engagement and the relationship that we have? Because we look at the relationship you have with a financial advisor is very, very sacred because money, money is a very difficult thing for people to talk about. And by title, it's like a fiduciary responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, but, but honestly, honestly, it's very therapeutic when you're, when you're, I mean, when you're sitting with someone, like you were saying, talking about their money, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people who don't really open up very easily. Correct. You got to dig a little deeper. You mm-hmm. got to build that trust, right? You absolutely do. Um, non-judgmental, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, but yeah, like I think a lot of people, they don't know, you know, because you think about it, you look around and you just don't know what everybody's personal financial position is. And everybody thinks that everybody's doing better than you, Mm -hmm. you know, so to open up and talk about money is a really, really challenging thing to do for a lot of people. And so you have to be a very good listener. You have to be a good listener. You have to be able to communicate and then it gets getting back to the setting of the expectations as well. It's, isn't it weird how, when you sit down with a client, uh, the very first time, very little is discussed about their finance. Mm-hmm. most of it is story and why like what is it that you want to achieve mm-hmm. what is it that where are you today and where do you want to go mm-hmm. um much of it i mean much of the planning has to do with what their outlook is in their own life but oftentimes they don't think about you know they're, they're having a hard time i don't know about the clients you work with but uh you know most people i sit down with are having a hard time living month to month i mean Correct. they might make yeah. you know two hundred thousand dollars a year but they're still living month to month and so you got to help situate and figure out where is it that you are today and where do you want to go what lifestyle are you leading what kind of you know debts are you working on what 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 situation did you put yourself in and where do you where do you see yourself going mm-hmm. and that's a really hard question for a lot of people to answer and so you have to, and it takes time 
for a lot of people they may not necessarily know the answer to that question or they they know it and they want to get there quicker than what's realistic well let's talk a little bit about that quickness because the the realistic is the the ideal thing here right mm-hmm. um you know when when i talk to people about you know they they hear things like well you know if i invest in this you know ipo then you know i can make it big time and you know i can make a lot of money that's where the money's at like i read in rich dad poor dad that you gotta be the person who sells the stock not the person who buys the stock right mm-hmm. um and the the thing they don't understand is although that's true um you my friend are not what we call an accredited investor yet the opportunities <laughs> that are out there i can't even talk to you about because you're not in a financial position to be able to take that as a fiduciary you have certain responsibilities mm-hmm. so you know how how do you how do you sit down with a client and kind of get them in a position where we we kind of understand where that education level comes in where we get to understand that that overall picture look this is where we're at it's not overnight this is not a one-year plan this is mm-hmm. a five-year plan a 10-year plan a 30-year plan like mm-hmm. you know yeah. what, you know what i'm thinking about next month but you're talking to me about years down right. the road yeah it's a, it's a it's a really good point now what i like to tell my clients is that they're all yeah they're goals but they're ultimately guesses mm-hmm. because as soon as somebody comes in and then we do a financial plan for them and then they leave the minute they leave that information is no longer you know it's not an exact science as soon as they leave adjustments need to be made mm-hmm. it's a it's a living breathing thing living breathing document so i would say it's yeah understanding in an ideal world what they want to accomplish and oftentimes it comes with trade-offs so you may, I mean, here's the reality is for some people, they, they, they may not necessarily be able to, to achieve everything that they want to achieve, but it's how do you prioritize those things? It's what's really, truly most important to you. And, you know, and that's as an advisor, you may not even realize that an advisor is willing to listen to that, mm-hmm. you know, cause, cause you know, a lot, a lot of people think advisors, well, they're just going to tell me how to invest my money. Yeah, a lot of a lot of them do, but that's not necessarily always the case. So it's really important to understand, well, you know, what are you as the advisor willing to listen to? And it's understanding in an ideal world what are all those things that you would like to accomplish, but starting to prioritize those things. And maybe today it may feel like a pipe dream, whatever it is, but maybe if you do these things and you make you change behavior today and you make slightly different choices today, then 25 35 years from now you can achieve whatever whatever it is that you're out to achieve i like that the the change those small little habitual changes um compound interest is has been called the eighth wonder of the world right mm-hmm. the magic of compound interest you put money in you do it consistently on a regular basis and over time it'll generate a return on investment compounding mm-hmm. itself and creating future wealth right mm-hmm. i think one of the biggest things that people forget in that compound interest is or theory or mathematical equation is time right that time factor plays a huge role in what you accumulate because you know when people sit down and actually start thinking about putting money away for retirement 
it's usually when they're 45, 50, yeah. when they're like 10 years away from retirement. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they're trying to hit the fast forward button. Right. And they're trying to put as much as they can because they're ready to retire at 55, 60 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are you what are you seeing that's going on? Are, are we seeing younger and younger people get into this? Are you seeing uh, pretty much the same type of trend? It's uh, the emergency button at like 45. What are you seeing? Um, honestly, you, you see a little bit of both. Um, I would say there's definitely a lot more awareness at a younger age around money and investing and debt. I mean, and I think partly that's because, you know, the millennial generation is, you know, many of them are graduating with student loan debt. And so they're more aware of what student loan debt or or just debt in general, what it can do, you know, and that's good debt. Don't look at that as bad debt, you know, but there's more awareness around money. And at the same time, a lot of younger working professionals, because I I work with a lot of young professionals specifically because of this, because I want them to be in a position later that they can make, do what they want, Mm -hmm. you know, and have flexibility. That's funny because you, I do, I'm I'm a lot the same way. My, my wife's statement, I've been working on it for a while. It's, it's to help you become a better you by giving you, by helping you find purpose and happiness in Mm -hmm. life. Right. And uh, you said something like that kind of, I've been pushing a little bit in the other direction. Um, You called student loans like good debt, right? And I'm, I've, you know, I teach high school and I've been really contemplating that it's been mm-hmm. super expensive. There was a time, I mean, when I was, when I was getting ready to go to college, right. Where the, the concept was you, you go to school, you go to college and you figure right. out what it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. But today, like to figure it out can be an expensive mistake. Yep. And so, you know, like, I don't know if student loan is exactly the good debt that it used to be back in the day i think Mm -hmm. student loan could could really debilitate you when it comes to your personal finances Mm -hmm. going down the road i'm i'm more of the gary v mentality where it's like you're young dude live as live as inexpensive as you possibly can and then figure out what makes Mm -hmm. you happy and start to make some money at that because i know so many people that are that are uh skills based they they have a vocational skill they're contractors carpenters uh, you know plumbers welders whatever it is and they make a very good living absolutely well they need that advice to help put that money away just as much without having that student loan exactly you know what I mean? And, I totally and, agree. <laughs> and so, it, you know, college isn't always the ultimate route. Right. There are some people that school, it works for you, it clicks. And even then, you're going to go to school and get a degree that you're never going to use again in your life. Mm-hmm. So kind of, you know, for me, that, that debt thing is, is almost like you better be you better be 100% sure that this mm-hmm. is the route you want to go if you're taking on the debt. Right. But I mean, I mean, what do you what do you what do you see out there as far as income generation? Is it mostly still in the, you know, bachelor's degree working in that field range? Do you think, or you seeing a lot more skill based? You know, I would say it's kind of all over the board. But if you had to pay me down for an answer, I would say it's more common to see the college degree, and you know, the income. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I am starting to see more that did not graduate, did not decided not to go to college and started earlier. And as long as they're getting the good advice, you know, when they're starting, whether if they're not going to college and they're doing the right things with their money from the get go, then yeah, you're going to be, you can put yourself in a very good position, especially with those trade jobs, you know, plumbers, electricians, et cetera. I mean, they're, that's skilled labor. And 
I think that a lot of people don't look at that as a career for whatever reason because of the fact that most people still, society in general, thinks, well, to get ahead, you have to have a college degree. And that's not necessarily true, right? It's kind of a stigma, though. It, it is. It is, it is a stigma so. because yeah. Yeah, because think about it. What what what's the whole purpose of you working to get any job? You you want to pay the bills, right? And then put a nest egg away enough so that you don't have to go to work anymore. That's the objective, mm-hmm. right? That's the simple truth of whatever your financial planning is. If you would have enough cash flow from your investments and you're 35 years old, you just bought yourself a grip of time. Mm-hmm. True. So let me let me point something out. What you just said. So. A lot of people, that that is their focus, meaning they're working in their job, their career, and they're focused on putting away as much money as they can so they can stop doing whatever it is that they're doing. And that's kind of like the definition of starting to plan for retirement. That's mm-hmm. your ultimate objective. So what if you, you know, you, because I, I believe that we're all starting to, we're all living a lot longer than mm-hmm. we anticipated. Um, you know, what if you went into a career and you worked in that career for 10, 15 years, you went back, you, you resharpened your tools in terms of your knowledge base, and then you went into a different career. And because what I see in our older clients is that those that are retired are, are a lot healthier than they expected themselves to be mm-hmm. when they're 82, 83 years old. And who knows how long they're going to live. And they've been retired for 15, 20 plus years. So what if you, you know, assuming that you're going to have decent health for an extended period of time, what if you, what if you just kind of shifted your thinking a little bit and your mindset and got into something that you truly love doing that you can do for more than, you know, the traditional retire at 65? I love that. That's actually, that's something we say all the time on the show. I'm like, I actually don't like the word retirement anymore because because for me, it's it's that mindset of you're going to work for 30 years at a job and then you're going to stop working. Well, you also stopped having a purpose like you've conditioned your body every day to wake up, go to work, do that job every single day. And if you conditioned yourself that now it's over, you've also conditioned your body Mm -hmm. that now it's over. And people tend to not have purpose and then die, physically die because they (laughs) don't have purpose anymore. It's funny you say that. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. So, yeah. yeah, So for me, it's not about retirement. It's about figuring out what makes you happy and then how do you monetize that? Because Mm -hmm. if you can figure that out, you're never going to stop doing it. You're going to work. Right? You're going to wake up every single day. You would have done that for free. Right. Right? That's the thing you love to do. If you can figure out how to make enough money and and, and I'm not saying you're going to make millions of dollars. I'm just saying enough money to survive to live mm-hmm. the lifestyle that you want to live if you can do that doing the thing you love you're right you're gonna be 82 90 years old 100 years old as long as you can physically do that thing that you enjoy doing right. you're gonna be doing it and you have purpose exactly right you have purpose every single day you're gonna wake up in the morning and be like yes mm-hmm. you're gonna love waking up it doesn't matter whether it's monday you don't care that it's monday you don't care that it's friday you're doing this every single day anyways mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a, you're right. It is a mind shift. It's a different, it's, you know, a paradigm shift, really. I mean, how are you looking at the world? And I think part of it is how we've been conditioned. We've, mm-hmm. we're, we're growing up and our mindset is based on what our parents taught us and what their parents taught them, right. you know? And so we have our kids today and what are we trying to do to them? Are we trying to in, in teach them from what we learned? Like we grew up in a different time. I grew up out when you'd go play outside until the lights came on. Right. Right. I don't even <laughs> let my kids go down the street today right yeah. i didn't have you know 
well, we had Nintendo, right? But we didn't have the internet, and that that didn't exist until you know I was coming out of high school, and then it was we were dialing up to AOL at that point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they're living in a completely different world. But if I give them the old antiquated rules that I grew up in, I think we're holding them back. Well, and yeah, I mean, you think about it, like growing up um, for myself and probably you guys and and most people, our parents did probably for a lot of us, they did say, follow your passions. It's like the thing that everybody talks about, follow your passions and what truly makes you happy. And yet, you know, are you doing that? Well, I'll give you an example. I mean, I know that when I, when like a baby, for example, a baby wants to learn. It doesn't matter what it is. They want to learn speech. They want to be around you. They want to, they want attention. They want, they want to do everything because they want to advance. And that happens to that kid all the way up. I'm going to say about 10 years old. Something happens around yeah. 8 to 10 years old to about 16, 17, 18 that they lose that ambition to do to want to learn. All of a sudden, learning is a chore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something they have to do every day. They got to go to school. They hate learning. And then you leave school and you realize, you know, life, life knocks you around a little bit. You're like, hey, I like to do this. I want to learn a little bit more about it. And then you start learning again. You find that passion to learn and that, that drive to want to know more things. And that kicks in a little bit later. But you don't realize that till it's like right, 30, 35 at that mm-hmm. point, right? Yeah. But I, that, my thing is there's that little gap. And I think I think a lot of it has to do with the way our school system is designed. It's, it's pounding education into their head rather than opening their eyes to what's possible. Mm-hmm. Because you open somebody's eyes to what's possible, they want to learn. Like this whole ADHD thing and ADD, like I'm not a big proponent of that. I, I I don't believe in it because I think that kid is definitely focused in the thing that he wants to focus on. The problem is I'm trying to focus his attention on something he doesn't care about. Right. Right. He's yeah. not a Shakespearean kid. This kid wants to fly drones or play, you know, esports or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we're talking about, about following your passion, part of it is everybody's designed a little bit differently. Right. You know what I mean? Like you got kids of your own. Mm-hmm. So we live in a in a screen heavy age. Right. What do you think about that? What do you think you're going to be like with your oh, own man. kids? It's so it, you know, it's funny you bring that up because it's just starting with Jack who's going to be 5 next week. And you know like for example, he he's really into dinosaurs right now mm-hmm. and he wants to be a dinosaur for uh Halloween. And so I showed him, I just went on Amazon. I was like, okay, let's find a dino costume. And I showed him the dino costume on Amazon. And now all of a sudden he wants my phone or my iPad. He's asking me, daddy, can I look at dinosaur costumes? So he wants my phone. So he's starting to get that screen time. I mean, I'm, and I'm saying no, <laughs> cause I'm trying to, and that's something that my wife and I talk about too, is like, when do you like truly introduce mm-hmm. that? When do you allow screen time? And I don't know. You know. Oh, I yeah, I'm 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 with you. I mean, it's hard to tell. Like every kid, and first of all, kids never born with a manual. I don't know Mm -hmm. or parents or parents, right? (laughs) We don't know exactly what we're doing. We're kind of figuring it out as we go. Um, So you know, giving parental advice is is tough. I'm just going to tell you how how I personally feel about it. Um, I didn't. We didn't have that screen time growing up, right? But like you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. We didn't even have, I don't know, like iPhones or, or you know, none mm-hmm. of that existed. My first phone was in 2000 and it was a phone. Yeah, the right? old Nokia. Yeah. With so, <laughs> so imagine like what's come about in the last, you know, 10, 15 years 
what's life going to be like in the next 10, 15 years? I know. If I prevent my kid from learning everything he possibly can on screens, am I holding him back in a world where that's what's going to exist? everything around him and everybody else around him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like on the one hand, do I want him him to interact with us on the kitchen table? Like we have a rule. I mean, it's my wife's rule, but it's our rule anyways, right? There's no no electronic devices when we're at the table. Like Mm -hmm. no TVs on, no radios on, no phones, no nothing because we interact. But aside from that, like, what about the rest of the day? I mean, mm-hmm. the kids are, when, when you go to school, the kids are on their laptops. They're you know on their I mean? screens. Yep. And, and when they're not on their screens, they're on their phones. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're more social today than they've ever been. But it's just a different world. It's a completely different world. So yeah. do you hold them back? Like, I was listening to, to Gary today, um, and he was talking about, uh this exact topic actually he's like you know we stopped you know when i was growing up my parents stopped us from playing video games but today and in the next few years some of the top paid people are going to be esports gamers esports gamers yep like your mom told you you're never going to get anywhere playing video games and now look where we're at Mm -hmm. and and i you know and and that sort of stuff like sticks in my mind because i'm like my my daughter she loves soccer she'll she'll play soccer all day long my son doesn't like sports at all so where do i put them right you know what do i do with them he likes business he sold something on ebay yeah good him. job right you know? yeah so you know i'm curious where do you where do you think your kids are gonna end up are you gonna be the uh, proponent for them and you know are you, are you gonna be playing chess are you gonna look at what's happening and kind of push that envelope or are you gonna kind of keep it traditional to the way you grew up i'm gonna try to you know kind of guide them, but I don't want to, you know, ever come from a place of judging those choices that they make when it comes to their career. You know, if it's, that is entirely up to them. You know, I can, can bore them with facts, but maybe whatever it is that they're deciding is something that they're thinking further ahead than what I'm thinking about, you know, based on the past. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I like to hope that, you know, I'm flexible in that way and that, you know, I do encourage them to try new things and, you know, stay out of trouble as much as you can, but try new things and, you know, think about how, whatever it is that you enjoy, is there a way that you can make money from doing that? You know, and I, and I do coach even talking to clients, kids, about this that are, that are either graduating from high school and trying to figure out what they, you know, that are going to go to college and trying to figure out what they want to study. And I talked to them about what the financial services industry is like, what finance is like, what Wall Street is like, you know, and it's not necessarily always what is portrayed on TV, right. you know, it's but not always Wolf of Wall Street. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I like to hope that, you know, I'm never, and I maybe, hopefully my son is listening to this in five, 10 years or watching this, but I hope I'm never trying to push him into anything. And, you know, with being married, you know, and, and my wife and I, like, we're going to have to help each other with that and kind of call each other out if we ever are doing that. You know, how, that's how long team. you guys been married? Uh, it'll be eight years in October. Yeah, that's it's 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 crazy. Uh, I mean, you, you have a five year old, so maybe you're starting to see it, too. But you, your your biggest squabbles are going to come in what you think the kids should yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I don't think I don't think that's very bad. Or the or the other ones that we get into is go ask your mom. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's always the big one. Or if I say no, it's he'll go to he'll yep. go to mommy and 
tattletale on me. Yeah. That's his thing right yeah. now. <laughs> no, but it, it, I like I, I like how you answered the, the kid questions, and mainly because I always feel that um, the way that you are at home is how you tend to be with your clients, right? I mean, that, that kind of guidance is is valuable. It's it's not selling to sell a product, right? Mm-hmm. You're not you're not coming in with the idea, I'm gonna sell a fixed index annuity right now or your index universal life policy that that's what's gonna happen. You're you're sitting down and talking to the client and trying to figure out what is it that you want and how can I best meet that need mm-hmm. and and you know you do that at home you it sounds like you do that at home with your kids um you're you're opening the door to their possibilities not to what you think is going to happen right and uh i mean to me it sounds like that's what you're doing with your clients too yep so kudos like to you to man so. yeah, thank you <laughs> <laughs> man dude I, I don't know about you but i i personally like it for me that the whole personal finance thing that's the that's the little spark for me. It's like when I sit down with somebody, like I teach a class called financial algebra. I, I teach high school students. Really? Like that, yeah. We just finished the section on employment. I just starting today on, on banking. Um, we're going to be talking about that. all kinds of different topics like that. And so just being able to talk to them like today, I mean, I, I, we sat down and talked a little bit about debits and credits. It doesn't go into a huge extent, <laughs> right? We're not doing yeah. trial balances or anything like that. But, but you know, I, it, it's just giving them story after story after story of what I've experienced so that they don't step in the same holes that I've stepped in. Right. You know what I mean? So are you familiar with Junior Achievements Finance Park? Yes, sir. We're actually doing the Junior Achievement uh, Company program. Oh, you are? Yeah, we're looking for mentors. You want to be a mentor? We should talk because we do. So I'm in the Financial Planning Association. So there's a chapters, FPA chapters throughout the entire country. And every year we go to JA Finance Park and a school, you know, these are typically middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, we do the senior class. You do? 12th graders. Okay. Um, they come in and they, it's a very cool program. Super cool. And for a day, um, they get an avatar. Are you familiar with that? Yep, they, yep. Okay. So we do that every year and, and time and time again, this, the reaction is exactly the same from the kids. It's, I didn't know how expensive it was to live, Yes, mm-hmm. you know, and then they, it kind of opens their eyes to like, you know, my parents are paying for my cell phone. I actually, now they have a little bit more of an appreciation, appreciation. for it. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I remember I took a, I took my students two years ago. Last year we didn't have funding for it, so it didn't happen. But, uh, but two years ago, and it was funny cause I had a kid, he's like, Mr. CS, nah. even in the simulation, it doesn't work. I have, I'm, I'm divorced with two kids. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, they get they get the simulation, it's right? Life. So, yeah, yeah, it's life. This is this is mm-hmm. your scenario. Make it work, right? Figure it out. And so you, mm-hmm. I love it because you go to different stations and you have the advisors there with you, and they kind of walk you through the scenarios. But you go ultimately make your own choices, and you're going right. to decide. You know, is is that the insurance policy I want? Is that the car I want? Is that the finance? Like you make all the choices, and the end you get an evaluation. Like, did you? Put anything away. Did right. You, did, were you able to? Did you make it? <laughs> yeah. Which, did you win in life? <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah, I, I love it, and, uh, and we're we're actually doing that with Junior Achievement right now. I just finished all the the pre surveys for the 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 entrepreneur program. So I think it's called Junior Achievement Company Program or, or entrepreneurs or young entrepreneurs. I think it is. I forgot what the mm-hmm. name of it is, but uh, yeah, they have a great program, and I, LPL is one of the sponsors. Then right. Yep. 
Yeah, so yeah. that's that's totally cool. That's totally awesome. Then I definitely will be hitting you up because they told me, see if you can find mentors. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm all about giving back, especially with the younger kids because personal finance, I mean, you can Google it. You know, mm-hmm. you can Google anything that you're trying to self-diagnose when it comes to financial planning. You can do it online. Oh, you know? 100%. But, you know, it, who are you? who are you taking that advice from online? Oh, yeah. You know? Why well, I, I give my kids the analogy of playing Monopoly. I'm like, first time you play Monopoly, you probably sucked at it. You you didn't you didn't do good. But the only reason you didn't do good is because you didn't know the rules. The second time you play, you know the rules of the game. Now you have a chance at winning. Right. And that's the same thing for life. If you don't know the rules of finance, you're gonna get rolled over. Everybody's gonna take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you know the rules, now you have a chance at winning. So it's just a matter of going out there and learning the rules. Learning it and getting education from, you know, reputable people. If you're like for a young ch- for a young child, if they are, if their parents are working with an advisor, then that kid, if it's a high school student, then he should try to reach out to that advisor and talk to them and just get some financial advice. And I hope their advisor is pri- trying to proactively re- even reach out to the kid because yeah. it's the the earlier you can instill those core values and those core the you know just the core understanding of money it's gonna it'll help you so much and you don't have you have no idea like because i remember taking an econ class in high school and i that's kind of what spawned the interest in finance in general and i had no idea how impactful that was going to be on my life you know, now 20, almost 20 years later. And even then, those are pretty vague topics. We're talking supply, demand, macro, microeconomics. I mean, they're not personal right. finance per yeah. se, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it sparked something. It made right. you want to learn a little more. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing what happens when that fuel, that little spark happens and you right. decide you want to learn. And I, I tell my students all the time, I can, I can tell you all kinds of stuff, but it's not going to matter until you decide that mm-hmm. you want to learn it. Once you decide you want to learn it, then then the floodgates are going to open, right? Because then now all of a sudden now you're the type of person who's like, heck yeah, like give me more. I have one kid right now in my class uh, and he's reading Rich Dad Poor Dad and he was being sneaky about it. He was like reading it and then I would come around and he like put the book away pretending to be doing his work and I saw the purple and I was like, yo dude, what, what is that? What are you reading? He's been asking me questions about, you know, what's the difference between a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, That's awesome. you know, and, and he's, he's getting an idea like he he went and uh looked at a brokerage account and he's like look at this account look at this account i obviously don't have fifty thousand dollars you know but did you just, introduce him to tasty trade yet not yet not yet but but uh just the the fact that he's thinking about it right, right. that he's yeah, that he's definitely. he's going out of his way he's like this is the first book i ever read i'm like yeah it's funny me too <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. but you know i mean i, I was assigned books but i didn't read them that right. one i ch- you chose to read it yeah and it makes a yeah. big difference that's beautiful. Besides, Love that. Uh, as uh, reaching out as a financial planner to the young ones, that's your future client. So you, you right. better, you definitely want to reach. Exactly. Absolutely. They're the ones who are going to get to work at yeah. some point. All right. Uh, ask the bros. So you feel free to ask us any question you like, personal or business. Okay. Um, you can ask James directly or you can ask uh, me or both. Um, I guess both of you guys. What advice would you give? Let's, let's stick on the topic of kids. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking a lot about that. What would advice would you give somebody that's just entering your field today? Just entering our field today. Hmm. Insurance. Hmm. Good question. What advice would you give somebody who's entering? We'll stick to insurance. 
I don't do the real estate. I don't do insurance, but it's pretty much. We're the same doing the thing. insurance. Yeah. What advice would you give to? Well, we're talking about someone pretty just young. starting I'm out. Yeah. Just graduating, eighteen. Just getting a license. Oh man. Um, That's a toughie, huh? You know what I would, You know what I'd say is figure out what your friends are doing, and find ways to uh, highlight the liability exposure that they are facing. So when you're 18, you know you're trying all kinds of different things. You know, I mean, you might be going out and just getting a job at as a lifeguard down here at uh, what used to be Not Soak City. What's it called now? Aquatica. Aquatica, right? Could be doing something like that. Not a whole lot of uh, liability necessarily there, but. You know, maybe you're going to drive a car. So, you mm-hmm. know, you got that stuff going on. But then you're 18 and you go and work with your uncle as a painter. So there's the liability exposure right there. There's what we're talking about. You start learning your trade as a construction worker and there's something else that you've got going on. Uh, or, you know, we have we've seen a lot of uh, young people going into the real estate space as well. So, you know, my my advice would be um, turn your social media into your channel. This is going to be the spot where you're talking about what's mm-hmm. going on. Stop posting things like last night having shots at the bar. Start posting things of value, mm-hmm. right? What's making a difference in your life? What is it that you're doing? When did you decide to make a change? What did you learn today? Start becoming the expert on a regular basis on what it is that you're doing. Uh, because over time, that's going to be part of when you're assessing risk, when you're talking to people on a regular basis and you're you're showing them what opportunities are available. Then on top of that, there's a there's a social media content showing your proof of concept over and over again that you're bringing value. It's just going to give you more and more credibility. If I'm thinking of an 18 year old kid that's starting out, um, I remember being uh, 24, 25 when I started writing my first tax return as baby face. People don't want to look mm-hmm. at you and, and take you serious when it comes to anything in the in the personal finance section, much less on the insurance section. Mm-hmm. You, what are you talking about risk, dude? You haven't risked anything yet. You're a baby. But if you have that social proof behind you, if you have concept, you're providing value all the way through. And then at the same time, you're 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 speaking like a professional. Like that's going to that's going to change your reality pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, True. expect to do it consistently on a regular basis because it's not going to happen overnight. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good advice. Cool. And maintain those friendships. Yes. Yeah. Maintain those friendships. Maintain those relationships. Hashtag powerful relationship. Hashtag powerful relationships. All right. We're going to have you look at this camera right here. And there is a banner so you can point down in case you forget any of your contact info. It happens from time to time. But uh, <laughs> go ahead and tell people how do they get a hold of you if they want to work with you. So best way to reach me is either by phone or email. My email is joe.stenovec at lfa-inc.com or you can reach me by phone at 760-943-0430. Boom. There it is. There it is right there. So, um... If you're interested, I will reach out to you after about uh, becoming a mentor. And if I have anybody out there who's interested in being a mentor, uh, we're looking for a couple to come to the classroom. It's a 13-week program. I think we need you for the first like five or six weeks. Okay. Um, and and uh, I'll let you know as, as things progress. That sounds good. All love right. It. Dude, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Appreciate I love, it. I love talking finance. It's always the funnest part of my day anyways. I don't know. <laughs> anyways, ladies and gents, that 300. Is, that is your day. That is my day. Right. That's why it's my favorite part of my day. 
365 pairs of shoes is what we're shooting for. We're at 200. So if you got shoes new, used, or you want to donate cash to James, can buy some online. <laughs> I'm throwing it on his lap. <laughs> 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com. Uh, he'll ride over on his Harley and pick them up. Give you that Instagram post if you like or stay anonymous. Mm-hmm. Completely up to you. Um, and then, of course, just a reminder, we're an insurance company. So if right. you need uh, insurance or maybe you want to get your insurance license and have an additional income in your office maybe you do uh taxes maybe you're in mortgages uh you need a little bit of help generating extra revenue or another way to keep in contact with your clients on a regular basis um hit us up 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com we'd love to bring you on to the pipeline family there you go that's all we got for you guys today peace bye-bye later and we're out thank you for listening to the business bros podcast are you interested in being on the show Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show. 